Welcome to episode 238 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was published on Monday, 10th of February, 2020. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Don't worry. The Spokesman Cycling Podcast is not now a daily show. It's just that I've been recording audio from lots of interesting people recently. And some of those interviews, including today's, are time sensitive and need to be published. Like, well, now, rather than on this show's more normal twice a month schedule. I'm Colton Reed, and on today's show, I'm talking with comms expert Adam Tranter, who has just become the UK's first bicycle mayor. He's a Cov kid, and will be aiming to make Coventry a lot more bicycle friendly. The Bicycle Mayor Programme is an initiative of Bikes of the Netherlands. And after the ad break, you can hear Laura Laker interviewing Maud de Vries of Bikes alongside the Bicycle Mayor of Bengaluru. But first, here's Adam. So Adam, I do want to talk to you about the Bicycle Mayor Programme, absolutely. But first of all, I want to talk about you. So tell us about your business and and the brands you represent. You can absolutely go wax lyrical about all the clients you represent. So, 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 when did you start your PR business? Who are you representing? Let's let's have a thumbnail sketch of of your PR company. Okay, so I um, set up Fusion Media in two thousand and eight, um, and that came from a uh, a large uh, repertoire of knowledge relating to cycling, which um, at the time didn't have much usefulness uh, in the wider world. Um, but cycling, having been a kind of racing cyclist, and and briefly a kind of freelance cycling journalist um cycling all of a sudden became quite popular in britain in 2008 from a sporting perspective with the beijing olympics um and we've been lucky i think since that um, cycling stayed on that agenda through various different um things that have happened such as the tour de france in yorkshire and the london olympics and bike hire schemes all of which kind of generally put cycling uh on the on the map so we're doing this since 2008 kind of PR communications and now sort of full service uh, marketing agency and it's really grown organically um, uh, in the same sort of pace as cycling's uh, interest as, a, as an industry to um, where we are now in 2020 we have around uh, 12, um, 12 staff and we look after a mixture of brands across what we describe as like active lifestyle, active people. Um, and that's really cycling, uh, running, um, and actually, you know, cycling as a means of transport, which we're kind of treating separately. Uh, we look after brands like uh, Brompton, who very much fit in the, the, the category of um, advocacy and trying to, to, do, uh, to do better and um, make cities um, better for people um, by making them more people-centric. 
um, to brands like Shimano working on their e-bike program, uh, Evan Cycles, which obviously has a very broad uh, potential audience. Um, but we do also still work with um, the kind of core road cycling um, uh, audience, if you like. Uh, last year, we worked for the first year on the Tour de France uh, for their PR and social media with, with ASO um, and also uh, working with um, brands like Lecol and Wahoo um and so on really so yeah i get to like 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 yourself potentially get to um make a career out of something i'm very passionate about um and and gladly that's kind of moved into a world where it's about getting more people on bikes and making cycling more normal um which is which is the kind of main focus for me at the moment so on that topic tell me about the 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 school bus that you you organized last year yeah, so so I I'm a bike nerd, and I bought a cargo bike, um, which you know which really transformed my getting about. And I took my kids to school. I've got twin boys; they're nearly nearly six, six next month. And I started to take them to school by cargo bike, as did my my wife when it was her turn on the school run. And people um, predictably, you know, stopped us and said, "Wow, what's that?" Um, and of course, they'd never seen this. Um, type of bike before um, which if you you know not visited places like the Netherlands or um, or Denmark Copenhagen etc um, you, you you might not have you know quite rightly might not have seen a cargo bike before um, so once we've got that out of the way it really what it boiled down to is I would love to ride to school with my child I know taking the car for a short journey is wrong but I just don't feel safe uh, I don't feel like it's safe enough or that is something I can do um, and that that extended to when I was in um, like going to my local cafe by bike. People would go, "Oh, I've got a bike, um, but I don't, you know, I don't really use it." And that to me was just so de- depressing, um, the kind of uh, state that we're we're, we're in. So um, I'd seen on Twitter, like most of these things, that um, people in uh, Galway and uh, in Ireland and uh, in Oxford. Uh, and up in I think Glasgow, um, they created school cycle buses, which um, w- which are great. Um, they're they they're brilliant. They they show what's possible, and they show the the desire for um, children to cycle. Um, and they do it in the safest possible way by practically you know having an adult to child ratio that allows an adult to almost create a moving cycle lane um, for children. Um, so that they can safely get to school with a lack of safe cycling infrastructure. So my wife and I uh, created um, what was Warwickshire's first. We live in uh, a town called Kenilworth in Warwickshire, um, near to near to Coventry, and um, we created our first back in October. And we had twenty kids uh, accompanied by twenty adults, um, and we created this you know massive visual spectacle and peloton um going to school and everybody loved it um and we had a lot of resistance initially from um the council and even the police when i'd asked them if they wanted to support us in any way um with kind of you know uh mild threats of risk assessments and whether the children would be uh trained or wearing helmets uh and everything you could possibly imagine to try and make this more difficult than it needed to be um but we went ahead and did it and and now we do it each uh each friday um and we've got you know a solid group of 10 or 15 kids um each week really aging between five and nine years um so young kids who normally wouldn't be able to cycle to school um now can is that a 
PR thing in that you're doing it as a bicycle bus now, but what you'd actually genuinely like is for the kids to cycle themselves on safe cycling infrastructure, but by highlighting the fact that they can't currently, because it's all adults, have to be with them. So that's what you want eventually. Yeah, I think there's a short-term need to do the best you can within the environment you have. And that was, you know, the community saying, I'd quite like to cycle to school and I know I shouldn't take my car. And um, being a kind of fit and brave 2% of, uh, you know, 2% modal share cyclist, um, I was able to, to do that with my wife, who's also, you know, fairly confident out there mixing it with uh, with traffic. But um it really uh it's a really wider point and you know the first one we had and we still get councillor support um it was a case of showing people the kind of practical difficulties there are cycling to school and the fact that the system is just made um it's just made difficult for people so it really unless you live a stone's throw and you can scoot or cycle on the pavement you have no chance of um of cycling to school which i don't think and i think lots of other people don't think is uh is right so really demonstrating what was possible um i always think it's best to show what good can look like um to you know and remind people that this is actually a normal thing and actually the most kind of uh ridiculous thing was really you know uh the you know the local media and and some um some national media i know you know you helpfully covered it in forbes um international media uh showed that really cycling school should not be a, a news story. Uh, it, it should not be a national news story. And that's the kind of um, ridiculousness that I want to kind of get across and, and, and push publicly so people do think um, outside their comfort zone and, and actually take a moment to look at, you know, how how we've got to this stage where people can't, uh, children can't cycle to school, um, which, you know, I think is probably one of the, uh, fundamental things you can look at to see how a society is uh, is doing, like how are the how are the kids doing? Um, and the answer to that one is, you know, these kids are being ferried in 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 large four by fours that's making everyone's communities a bit worse. Um, so I think you know that's something that that allows allows us to make a point, as you, as you say. And how far is Kenilworth from Coventry? Um, as the crow flies, about four miles. Um, so. Uh, historically uh i can't give you the year but uh historically coventry was always part of warwickshire um as a, a as a county um and then uh split out in its own authority um but you know you only have to go to the end of my road turn right and right again and you're kind of in the coventry uh coventry boundary um so so yeah the closest the closest city and and somewhere that i spend uh a lot of time so let's get on to your your role and this does seem as at least looking at the 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 press release you sent me at least a part of the role quite obviously is using your comms experience so uh getting the 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 bicycle mayor of coventry into the media so you you're going to be using your comm skills to talk about cycling using this as a as a way of uh of getting into the media yeah yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that uh, is sometimes lacked um, at a local kind of level all around the country is is accountability. Um, you know, there's there's uh, 
a reduction in, in I think local media is really important and local media have been really um, supportive of what I'm, I'm, I'm doing, which has really helped. But there's also, you know, uh, a, a gap because the climate emergency is very much on the, the national agenda and over 60% of councils in the UK have declared a climate emergency. Yet there's not really a sensible uh, informed conversation happening around how that might be achievable. So, um, you know, uh, when uh, giving examples that, you know, when Flybe had to be bailed out by the government, there was, you know, on Radio 4, one of the spokespeople said that uh, flying was decarbonizing. Um, and, and that went totally, totally unchecked and, and sort of passed off as, 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 as kind of uh, accepted fact. Um, and I think this is, you know, it's a really difficult, I, I'm by no means a climate change or air quality expert, but I do know that frequently the bicycle is a, is a good way uh, of solving some rather complex issues. So I think one of my job um, in, in the role of Bicycle Mayor for Coventry is to, uh, is to communicate what is uh, and isn't happening in relating to cycling and, you know, walking and just generally uh, you know, active travel and having more livable streets um, to 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 try and build a conversation around the immediacy of the climate emergency, which is providing a good, uh, you know, uh, a good catalyst for potential change. Um, and I really feel that it's it's uh, really now or never in many ways. Um, but now is the opportunity to get cycling properly talked about in an informed way and properly funded. Um, so uh, yeah, I hope to use my my comms expertise to be able to uh, a put across stuff in a in a you know hopefully easy to digest manner because I'm not you know I'm hopefully if I'm doing my job properly I'm not preaching to the converted I'm getting new people to think differently about uh, the bicycle um, and, and the solutions it can provide uh, and also yeah holding power to account uh, using the media to um, highlight both yeah, action and inaction and uh, hopefully it will be action but um, as we know there's a lot of strain on um, the governments and the the traditional approach is to spend more money on road projects um, and that that can't happen I've just been at a bicycle mayor summit um, which was really uh, really really interesting and um, uh uh, visited a like a, a province um, who, who whose transport expert you know openly saying one of our policies is not to make any more bad decisions. So any anything that's been slated that isn't compatible with the climate emergency and our goals like can't possibly um, can't possibly be passed through. Um, and that's an approach that I think is really sensible, but an approach that um, you know isn't happening necessarily in Coventry or other places around the UK where road, big, big expensive road projects are still getting built, um, which isn't, uh, which isn't good for anyone uh, long-term. And Coventry is pretty much the poster child for <laughs> road schemes. You've got that awful uh, ring road. That's pretty much is a motorway. I mean, technically you could go on a bike on there. It's not a motorway, but it is a motorway. Yeah, people are they're proud of it as well. People are proud of it. It's uh, it, it, I don't know whether they're how much they're taking the mickey, but they you know people are, are fairly um, passionate about the ring road. So Coventry is known and it is known as the motor city, not just because of that ring road, but also because the, the history 
of motoring in the city and of course that came from 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 bicycling so the reason the automotive factories started in coventry was the fact that there was these major bicycle factories in coventry first and the first person to you know i've written about this in 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 a whole book of course the first person to to bring the coventry uh, motor uh, industry in the 18 uh, late 1890s was the guy who had a a bunch of bicycle companies there first so henry uh, lawson so coventry has got this amazing um history of being about first of all a bicycle city but then absolutely a motor city so it's kind of ironic yet not ironic that the first bicycle mayor is in coventry yeah it's one of my it's one of my motivations uh, actually um because uh, i've i i'm immensely proud of of being brought up in being born and brought up in coventry and I'll tell anyone who will listen about its uh, rich um, uh, bicycle heritage um, and, you know, all the uh, illustrious things that the Coventry Cycle Pioneers um, did. Um, and, you know, <laughs> these same pioneers or the companies that these pioneers founded have also, you know, uh, very swiftly moved into motorcycles and then cars, as as, as you know better than anybody else. And, um, I think uh, I think that's an interesting metaphor, if you like, for what I'm trying to explain to people that we are a country that is totally car dominant. Coventry is a city that is almost entirely built around the motor car. Of course, it was um, rebuilt after the Second World War, um, and uh, as part of that, you know, at, at kind of peak, getting towards peak. Uh, car dominance um, much of the city's infrastructure kind of um, reflects that um, but it's also you know it's got a lot going for itself it's an incredibly uh, walkable and cyclable city it's compact it's flat um, and it's uh, also it, it's it's a city that has changed many many times um, you know and reinvented itself and you can't. Um, one thing that I think everybody is is agreed on is it can't keep operating in the same way uh, as we are now. So actually, having this bicycle heritage to fall back on and something to talk about and a and an air of nostalgia um, can potentially, I think, be helpful. But it is also, you know, the same history just a few years later is also uh, a potential hindrance because we still have a fairly dominant. Um, uh, not nowhere near what it was, but still a fairly dominant car manufacturing industry in Coventry. You know, Jaguar Land Rover still manufacturer. Um, they have a plant in Whitley in Coventry, uh, and the London Taxi Company uh, makes their 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 new, or at least assembles their new uh, electric taxis um, here. So we, you know, it's a very important industry both politically and economically but currently there's no voice for cycling and that's what i want to be able to 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 change so you mentioned rover there jaguar land rover and of course rover just just to to bring people up to speed i know you know it but just to bring other people up to speed and and it wasn't just the fact that coventry had a few you know random bicycle factories the british bicycle uh boom that happened it, it happened because of coventry so and and the american bicycle boom that came you know very shortly afterwards came because of of coventry so this guy called moore brought um a, a, in effect a bone shaker across from from paris 
it excited the locals uh, in Coventry. They started making them. And then you've got the first uh, high wheel bicycle eventually came from Coventry. So the, the, the penny farthing. Starley is the father of the, the world's bicycle industry was from uh, he was from Coventry, but he certainly settled in Coventry. And then his his nephew, J.K. Starley, also Coventry, then gave us the bicycle we know and love today, which is the, the safety bicycle, the, the two equal sized uh, uh, parts of the frame, the two equal sized wheels, all that kind of stuff, the diamond frame. Uh, so Coventry is absolutely essential to the world of bicycling. So this is this is the kind of the, the the role you're taking on is a city that's incredibly known for motoring by most people. Yet underneath is this absolutely stellar bicycle history. Yes, there's definitely there's definitely something there, and that I want to kind of capitalise on. Um, I was in the Netherlands last week um, on on a uh, the, the European Bicycle Mayor Summit and and did all the great things that um, you get to do when you're in the Netherlands, including riding a bike absolutely everywhere. Um, and you know, I was kind of uh, I, I don't know the emotion to describe it, but seeing because of course in the UK we've typically you know we've still got the safety bike kind of design and parameters, but we we've you know we're very keen on as an industry drop handlebar bikes and and kind of um you know changing the way bicycles have looked over the years but actually the the rover safety bicycle is pretty much what you know you would describe as a dutch bicycle now which the majority of um people on bikes in the netherlands use to get around everywhere so to sort of be stood there in the middle of Amsterdam and looking at every bike to see that actually this this culture that had been developed outside, you know, from a consequence of safe cycling infrastructure, um, the fact that normal children as young as eight can go and ride uh, on the roads, potentially even on their own at sort of 10 or 11, has all, you know, had so much linked to the kind of innovation that Coventry had. And then I, you know, obviously arrived back in Coventry and, um, you know, this morning, Monday morning, and um, I was in the city for a meeting and, you know, uh, I'm right next to a ring road and, you know, it couldn't be further from what I now ex- have experienced in the Netherlands, but obviously very similar to what they went through in the, you know, what, what Amsterdam and what other areas in the Netherlands looked like in the 1970s. They look like Coventry now. Um, so it gives me hope that if they're able to change it, we're able to to, to change something as well um but it does require uh, you know a lot of people to forget everything they know about transport and, and think again so that that bicycle mayors conference there's like a hundred mayors around the world now is that right there's just over yeah just over 100 bicycle mayors around the world there's a lot in uh, uh both in india and then um some spread over africa um uh, as well um this one was just for for um the European network, and I think there was about twenty of us, um, including seven new mayors, um, of which two are also in the Netherlands. So, one from uh, the Hague and one from Eindhoven, which I also think is interesting because you know their 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 challenges are also very real in making sure that cycling to school is safe in Eindhoven, for example, and it'd be a place that you typically you know you'd go there and go, wow, this is amazing. What are you complaining about but actually you know looking at the stats car use is goes is going up 
and some cycling is decreasing depending on where you are in the, the, the Netherlands. So I think that was really interesting, obviously, to learn from best practices. Um, and then also some some crazy uh, challenges in cities like Istanbul, um, you know, obviously totally different to, 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 to Coventry in almost every way and, and a huge population. So um, the great thing about the, the Bicycle Mayors Network um, is that all of us can now share best practice ideas. Um, you know, I was able to talk to the Amsterdam Bicycle Mayor, who's pretty famous in Amsterdam, you know, deals with the city government all the time and is a real ambassador for cycling about how she's been able to, you know, approach the role and, and what she's been able to achieve. Um, and, and that's been really helpful to be able to share this network of, of expertise, um, which is where I think the faster it grows, the, the more valuable it becomes to the global kind of cycling advocacy community um, because we are able to um, take best practices from all over the world and apply them to, to, to different, different cities who all have largely the same, the same goal, which is to increase modal share and, and, and get proper funding for cycling and decrease car dominance. So the Bicycle Mayor Programme is an initiative of bikes, which is B-Y-C-S. And I know that that doesn't stand for anything. It just, it's, just, it's just bikes. Um, so I will, uh, at, at the end of, uh, after, after I've, I've finished with you, Adam, I'm going to be playing uh, an interview that uh, Laura Laker actually had with uh, Maud de Vries, who is the, the founder of bikes and who is the founder of this programme. So we'll get more from her. But just coming back to, to you and, and in your role, what do you think, apart from the comms bit, which we discussed, what else can you do in Coventry apart from the PR angle? Yeah, so I think um, being able to um, being able to engage um, collaboratively with the kind of both of the you know contacts that I, I have already working in the cycling industry, but also you know my experience in hopefully being collaborative and building bridges with people and. Uh, as I said to you before, there's there's no one really championing cycling's uh, cause cause in Coventry or even the West Midlands more broadly, except for you know the the, the councils themselves, which they're doing with limited resource and and potentially in some cases limited political will. So being able to engage them and and bring ideas together from the likes of you know British Cycling and and a cycling UK who I, you know, have a good relationship with, um, and also connecting local businesses as well. So, um, uh, like my my experience in in the area, but also more nationally, um, will hopefully show that there is widespread support for cycling, and therefore, um, you know, it needs to be taken uh, way more seriously in terms of both, you know, output and and the funding to create that that output. Um, I also think that um, as a um, sort of ambassador role, it's important to try and, you know, make small but impactful changes uh, like I've done with the school cycle bus. So one of the, you know, one of the first campaigns I want to run is is a campaign that, that really gets people to rethink their use um, of, of, of the car for very short journeys under a mile or one and a half miles, um, you know, 24% of uh, car journeys in the UK are under one mile, um, which is just total madness. And I think we're on a path for for this, for driving very short distances, especially to school, to be, you know, 
in future as socially unacceptable as you know smoking uh and and, and other things because it's just a total unnecessary use uh of the car and um if i can potentially you know one of the things i'm looking at is creating a campaign to really get people to think about that and and do do less and cycle to cycle to school which the, there's no infrastructure at the moment really so i'm working to talk talking with police at the moment about you know whether they'll publicly state that they wouldn't prosecute um children riding to school which sounds you know obviously that they wouldn't but it's not that obvious actually and a lot of people are put off by uh by you know the fear of being uh, had a go at by police or or other people in the community and that's putting a lot of people off so having to you know try and put together some smaller but impactful campaigns that can make a real difference in Coventry as well uh is is going to be a priority and if people are listening to this and reading the stories uh that we're going to be seeing because you're a PR man so we loads of stories uh and they're inspired to to think well I could do that in my city or my town it'd be great so how do people actually become bicycle mayors of their localities if there isn't already a bicycle mayor so that's America it's global this 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 thing so how do they how do they actually become mayors and how did you become the mayor yeah so if if you're if you're thinking about it you you should absolutely explore it um, further because it is uh, really a great initiative and you feel like you're part of something that's really um, really special so um, it's it's you know the information out there and bikes who administer the scheme are very um, very friendly and really passionate about what they what they're doing so you'll get you know a really good response uh, in terms of the practicalities there are you know a couple of routes in um, in certain countries um, I keep trying not to talk about the Netherlands all the time, but um, the you know in certain countries the, the local government has actually the city government have supported a bicycle mayor scheme. So they proactively said we want this uh, in our in our in our city, and therefore um, you know we'll either partner with bikes or we'll you know put a call out for interested parties to come forward, and they might run some form of uh, informal uh, election amongst a group of people or. or whatever it might be if there are multiple candidates um in the case of um commentary where i am and also you know a lot of other places where they you know there are passionate people but maybe not passionate people clamoring over each other to do this voluntary role um it's a case of um securing the support of your local community in the forms of uh written endorsements um which you know i was very fortunate to have uh, lots of local support and also some national support as well um, from organisations and individuals, etc. So, putting together a case that shows that the um, you know the, the community wants this and will be supportive in this, um, and and really you know there's a small part of the application process and creating um, your vision uh, amongst other things, um, and obviously lots of hard work that goes into all the background of that. Um, but ultimately, that's that's where it gets to um, the case of making sure you've got local support and doing it. It doesn't necessarily mean you need, you know, uh, support from uh, government officials. Um, so I'm developing my relationship with Coventry City Council and kind of other stakeholders. Um, it's not a case that I need to be, you know, approved by the city. And actually, one of the really important um, roles that the bicycle mayor has is to be, you know, independent and also. Um, as I keep saying, sort of hold power to account. So, um, you know, very, 
very different to kind of being a spokesperson for cycling on behalf of the the council. Um, my job is to kind of bring all stakeholders together and work collaboratively for the best outcomes, um, and and that's that's what I'll uh, what I'll be aiming to do. Now, I've interviewed the the Amsterdam uh, bicycle mayor, the first one, many uh, a number of years ago at, uh, at Eurobike, and she was telling me that the idea for the this is before I spoke to Maud about it. Uh, the idea for this came from Amsterdam's nightmare, as in night and then m-a-y-o-r rather than nightmare it maybe it doesn't sound quite good in english uh, or it, it sounds very much different in in, in dutch um, but that's where it, it came from and um the nightmare in the netherlands and the nightmare in for instance in london i think is on this huge salary it's like one hundred and seventy thousand pounds a year if you're the nightmare of of london so this role that you've got is not something that you're getting paid oodles of cash for. This is a volunteer role. Yeah, I'm being paid about 170,000 pounds less than that. Um so it's very much a it's very much a voluntary role. Um and it's very much um uh you know an, an important grassroots movement. Um so you know, I hope that one day bicycle mayors around the country and around the world will be, you know, seen by city officials as real great resources and you know there might be opportunity for funding in future i'm particularly lucky that you know i work in work in an industry that's very closely linked with this so uh, and i also have a you know an element of flexibility in my uh, my job running the company so i'm able to you know devote time to it in and out of normal working hours of course and evenings and 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 weekends so it does require a certain outlook you know some of the bicycle mayors are retired um uh Richard Ingham who's the bicycle mayor of Cumbria so not for a city but an actual entire region he was the first in the UK he's a retired transport planner for example so um he his kind of semi-retirement has allowed him to dedicate enough time to make a meaningful impact but also having the skills and experience so it is at the moment it is something that you have to have a certain amount of flexibility to be able to do but of course anyone who's into cycling advocacy you know already dedicates quite a significant portion of time to it i just feel like this is a meaningful channel to be able to kind of do that and and hopefully make more of an impact than i would do if it was just me sort of you know shouting and being a bit annoyed at the lack of infrastructure um i feel like this could be more impactful what about if you get shouted at yourself by say local councillors who say conflict of interest in that you represent a bunch of brands might you Mm. be using this as a as a way of promoting those brands in the local media so what what do you say to the 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 conflict of interest uh canard yeah so so, um you know none of this is is drived at uh, aimed at brands uh and and increasing brands uh you know media space majority of the um, I actually think that the majority of the cycling industry needs to do more um, in the space of kind of advocacy because it is the future of where the you know where their potential customers are coming from. If we can get two percent modal share to six percent, for example, that's going to make a potentially massive uh, massive dent in 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 the cycling industry's collective um, experience uh, at the moment um, in in the kind of current economic climate. Um, 
but it, all of it's fairly broad. So, so no one's pushing individual products or, you know, oh, yes, you must be riding this bike as bicycle mayor of, of, of whatever, or this is a particularly, you know, this is a sponsorship deal. Um, this is purely, um, purely coming from the angle of getting more people on bikes, which is, uh, good for, um, good for everybody. So, you know, uh, I'm taking this, you know, from a personal point of view. I, I couldn't care less what bikes they're riding. Um, I, I, you know, prefer if they weren't new bikes from, you know, Evans Cycles or something. Um, I would prefer if people just got on the bike, you know, a secondhand bike via a charity or the, you know, Birmingham has a bike library or something like that, 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 that gives people the opportunity to really, um, really explore the joys of cycling and then potentially, you know, bring them into the, bring them into the kind of economic uh, environment of the of the cycling industry but in terms of my position as bicycle mayor I'm not you know I'm not being funded or supported or um, need the blessing or have to account be accountable to certain industry bodies um, I'm purely an individual with an interest in getting more people on uh, more people on bikes um, and it's it's you know it's good for everybody so I'm hopefully, hopefully that will be a, a fairly straightforward conversation to have. That was Adam Tranter of Fusion Media, the new bicycle mayor of Coventry. Before we go over to learn more from the programme's founder, here's my co-host David with a word from our sponsor. Hey, Carlton, thanks so much. And it's it's always my pleasure to talk about our advertiser. This is a long-time loyal advertiser. You all know who I'm talking about. It's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. I've been telling you for years now, years, that Jensen is the place where you can get a great selection of every kind of product that you need for your cycling lifestyle at amazing prices. And what really sets them apart, because of course there's lots of online retailers out there, but what really sets them apart is their unbelievable support. When you call and you've got a question about something, you'll end up talking to one of their gear advisors. And these are cyclists. I've been there. I've seen it. These are folks who who ride their bikes to and from work. These are folks who ride at lunch, who go out on group rides after work because they just enjoy cycling so much. Uh, and, and so you know that when you call, you'll be talking to somebody who has knowledge of the products that you're calling about. If you're looking for a new bike, whether it's a mountain bike, a road bike, a gravel bike, a fat bike, what are you looking for? Go ahead and check them out. Jensen USA, they are the place where you will find everything you need for your cycling lifestyle. It's jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. We thank them so much for their support and we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, let's get back to the show. Thanks, David. And we're back on Bicycle Mares. Last year at Velocity in Dublin, my colleague Laura Laker interviewed Maud de Vries, founder of the Bicycle Mares programme. And also she talked to Satya Sankaran, Bicycle Mayor of Bengaluru. And that's the official name of Bangalore in India. I'm here in Dublin with Maud de Vries, who is the leader of the Bicycle Mayors, which is an international global program to introduce mayors to different cities around the world. Am I correct, Maud? 
Will you tell me about it? Yeah, almost. So I'm one of the founders of Bikes, which is a social enterprise. And amongst others, we have uh, the Bicycle Mayor program, um, which is uh, it's a network actually all over the globe. So tonight we're going to announce that we're going to have the 50th Bicycle Mayor in the world. And that's really, really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So what the bicycle mayors do, I think, is they are the real change makers. Our mission, the mission of bikes is 50 by 30. We want to get half of all trips by bike in 2030. Because we believe the bicycle transforms cities and cities transform the world. So that, that's what drives us and that's why we think it's important for us to have as many bicycles, bicycle mayors as possible. So you say you started, um, you founded the Bicycle Mayors Program. How did you do it? Well, we started with one in 2016, to be precise. That was Anna uh, and the Bicycle Mayor of Amsterdam. Um, yeah, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, after Anna, uh, uh, quickly we had some other ones. And then we thought, you know, we need to pull this because it's really important. What we saw was uh, bicycle mayors that felt really alone in the cities, you know, because they were working on getting cycling in. So they already existed in different cities, in they different did. guises. Yeah, they were already active as change makers uh, related to cycling or in different areas. So there were people like they saw the transformative effect of the cycle of the bicycle, yeah. and they really wanted to put effort into that and belong to this global network. I yeah. think as well. Were they? Did they tend to be appointed by the councils, by the local government, or were they sort of self-appointed um, campaigners? Yeah. So yeah, we have it two ways. So in Amsterdam, we have a big competition, um, and that really helps as well because uh, we have so many cyclists already, and many people think ah, maybe it's good. Uh, that I become the mayor because different mayors, of course, have different work plans. Uh, but in, in uh, many cities, we also appoint them and then they need to send in a lot of endorsements, uh, make a work plan, make a video. Uh, there's a big process that uh, goes before that. And of course, we check uh, if this is the right person. And then in the end, we often get help from the Dutch embassies because they're abroad as well, promoting cycling for a more sustainable world. Which is great. So, Satya, for example, you were inaugurated by the uh, by the ambassador of Bangalore, which was a really, I have to say, uh, the gen- the consul general of uh, Bangalore. Wow. So, yeah, so, for listeners, we have uh, with us we have Satya Sankaran. Have I pronounced your name correctly? You are the bicycle yes, mayor of Bangalore. Yes, I am. So, Bangalore is this nice big city in the south of India. And uh, it's got the same problem that many urban centers have, right? It's got a lot of congestion, it's got a lot of pollution, and it's from a developing nation which believes that cars are the future. So it's a very interesting time to be a bicycle mayor in Bangalore. Yeah. How did you become a bicycle mayor in Bangalore? How does well, that happen? Maud made me a bicycle mayor in Bangalore. <laughs> Interestingly, I've been doing a bunch of things, like she says. Um, uh, for the past 10 years, I've been looking at sustainable transportation and been an activist and campaigning and advocacy, you know, all of those things. But uh, just before the bicycle mayor program came in, for about two to three years, we've been doing a lot of uh, bicycle-related advocacy programs, popularizing bicycle as a mode. And then came along this program, and uh, it kind of amplifies my voice there. You're doing a bunch of things, and then there's this whole bicycle mayor with its uh, big network of people and enablement by the organization. Yeah. Yeah. What does that enable you to do? You've got support of the government now, the local government. 
It does. So, so it gives lots of support. Uh, bikes themselves have a lot of support structures in place in terms of how uh, you can craft campaigns and what are the tools available to do a bunch of things. And uh, the bicycle mayors themselves also come up with a lot of uh, uh, campaigns. You know, they have ideas about how to implement and. Uh, yeah. Uh, bikes just pushes that along yeah. as well. Yeah. And bikes is um, BYCS, BYCS, which stands for. It stands for um, yeah, <laughs> nothing really. Okay, <laughs> it's, just, it's just bikes spelled a different way. Yeah. Just in case people are wondering, you're referring to bikes, yeah, yeah. not bikes with magical powers, but bikes.org, the organisation BYCS, <laughs> which is what you call your bicycle mayor program. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so have you? How long have you been bicycle mayor? Uh, one year now, last May I guess. Uh, oh. This May I finished one year, so yeah. June, July. Uh-huh. Fourteen months now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what have you been doing in that time as bicycle mayor? Lots of things, and one of the biggest things that I'm here for yeah. is the uh, cycle to work program that I launched. So I realized that uh, while on one side you need a lot of disincentives, which is very important, yeah. but the power of disincentives lie with the government. Yes. And they are empowered to do that, yeah. So they need to drive a lot of that. What is in citizens' hands? It is the incentives that you can give. So I looked at how do you enable incentives. So I identified that a large problem, large part of the people who create the problem are in the tech industry in Bangalore especially. And a lot of the uh, upwardly mobile who buy cars are tech savvy. So I narrowed down on a technology platform which kind of uh, is a leaderboard. Leaderboard is one of the simplest ways of incentivizing. Oh, I it's see. It's like the sports like leaderboard. Yeah, that's what uh-huh. it is. So between companies? Between companies. Or within companies? Between companies. So uh, I came up with that and uh, we had a platform where people track their rights to work and then you make you make a leaderboard of companies, not of individuals, of companies. So you drive collective action. So if you incentivize individual, you only incentivize them alone. That's yeah. also a part of it. But the biggest thing is how do you collectively increase the number of uh, riders on the road so you incentivize as a collective. So you put companies on the leaderboard and the individuals strive to make that a competitive uh, thing. So you gamified it. We gamified that. So that's what it is. So we did a nice gamification program using the leaderboard. And uh, it's making a huge mark. Now we have lots of users. We have completed around 20,000 trips in the last 10 months. We are adding three new riders every day for the past eight months onto the leaderboard. And we're going to be hitting 200,000 kilometers this month. And that's a massive thing. And this is only the ones we are tracking. There are lots of them we haven't yet uh, begun to track. Presumably some people were cycling already because I guess Mm. people are aware that cycling is healthy for them. Sure, but but what the leaderboard does is it incentivizes the non-riders to also ride. Because they the riders go and influence them just to make sure that their company comes up on the leaderboard. So it's a very useful tool for yeah. incentivization. A simple gamification. Fantastic. That's but it sounds really innovative. And so, more is this the kind of stuff that different uh, bicycle mayors are coming up with by themselves, and then, or I guess as a collective, and then of course you can share these ideas. Because I mean, I I love gamification. I totally buy into all of that. So that's a fantastic idea, which I guess can spread. I think it is a great example. Uh, Such and I met also in October during the Bicycle Mayor Summit in Mexico City. And then, together with Arely Carrion, she's the Bicycle Mayor of Mexico City, the three of us signed up an MOU because we really believe that cycle to work. 
uh, a memorandum of understanding. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's an official way of saying, let's collaborate. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. So we're collaborating on this idea of Satya, of creating this leaderboard, which Satya is creating. We are uh, testing it in Zuidas, in Amsterdam, and a rally will be using it as well. So, and then if we if we think it's good enough, we can scale it, you know? Wow. So that is an idea. Yeah, one of the examples of a bicycle mayor coming up with an idea, and sometimes we come up with a, an idea or a product, and then we can share it. So that's the way forward, we think. Yeah. Fantastic. Sounds great. So um, you have this mission. Um, how, how are you going to achieve it? I guess you've got all these different kind of programs around the world. Yeah. Have you got a sort of collective push that you're doing something specific we have a we have a, a bikes eco uh, impact system so basically what we do is we we have all these ideas to inspire so for example the bicycle architecture biennale or to grow or to be a leader we, we have all examples of uh, products or programs or uh, like things like the biennale that we have and then we channel that a little bit and then we have a bikes lab like we, we have here in Dublin during Fellow City. We're going to uh, extend that for another three months at Trinity College uh, this year because we want to we wanna have more labs in Europe as well and abroad. Uh, and we're collaborating with the Dutch uh, embassies a lot, you know, to just m- make sure that the bicycle mayors have a place where they can meet people, where they can create like interesting ideas around insights that they already have where they can then then test and pilot things in collaboration with their city and then if if helpful they can scale it yeah so tell me about the the bicycle architecture biennale which you just had last week so you've come straight from one to the other this is Velo City yeah yeah that's crazy so it's been the second bicycle architecture biennale we launched the first one two years ago and uh, yeah we've had so much attention around it because you know, I think it's uh, it's a time when people don't want to only talk about climate change or air pollution and stuff, but also want to see things happen. And, you know, why not invest in stuff that is really good, looks really good, you know? So we thought, let's give some inspiration to cities. And what we now see is cities calling us and asking, you know, that bridge that you're showing, maybe I want to have something similar in my city because it connects like this part where we cannot build because people cannot go to the other side of the river, let's say, you know. If they start developing in there, make sure that people can go by bicycle to the other side of the river where the city is, that's massive, you know, so that unlocks massive economic, health and social uh, yeah, possibilities. Yeah. And so, what are you hoping to get out of Velo City? You've set up your own kind of side conference almost, haven't yeah. you? And you've invited yeah. loads of bicycle mayors over. Exactly. And um, yeah. how many bicycle mayors have you got? What are you going to do? Well, I think in, the, uh, in total there will be six, seven, so not that much. Um, but of course, flying eh, sometimes is a, is a thing. We just talked about the flight from Bangalore to Dublin, which is a thing as well. We believe. You know that we can only do that if if our impact is bigger than than yeah, the, the CO2 from the flight, let's say. You know, so I think uh, such a story needs to be shared about cycle to work because that's a big and imp- impactful way of getting more people on a people on a bike. Exactly here, I just got a message from a friend at Facebook here. You know, so think about yeah, it's stuck here all day in Dublin, and we really want to change that. Only way is getting out the cars. You know. Yeah, I mean the traffic. In, the traffic in Dublin is really bad, isn't it? It's one of the worst in Europe for congestion. And it's tr- terrible. Low, low yeah, it's, you're totally right. It's the second slowest in Europe. 
And um, so, Satya, you're here to share your message. That's why you've come to Dublin to share with the other bicycle mayors. Yes, indeed. So one of the things is to look at uh, programs which can incentivize people to get on the bike. Uh, and work with the government to see how we can make such programs a success and share the cycle to work story. One of the things that we want to do is to take it global. The platform uh, is already global of the of the uh, block. So you set up your own platform. This is a kind of we built it. Yeah, yeah. I just built it. So we have tech partners uh, that I'm working with. Uh, in Bangalore, Map Unity is uh, delivering the technology. What's it called, the, the platform? It's called Cycle to Work, but yeah. we are going to rebrand it as Bikes to Work uh, pretty soon, and we'll launch it in uh, many more cities. We have to discuss the modalities of which city is ready for uh, uh, deployment, and we would encourage more people to pick it up uh, and run with it. One of the things is to make this uh, these kind of tech platforms encourage people to get on the bike uh, and commute. Uh, so let's see how that goes. There's a lot of stiff, there's a lot of ground to cover, uh, but we made a very good start, and it's already seeing the impact. It's made a lot of impact in the city of Bangalore, and it's already making waves in other places. And I guess these tech companies, maybe this parallels with Dublin, because in Dublin, a lot of um, tech companies have their European headquarters here. You've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, LinkedIn, Groupon, Google, of course, the big one. Um, so, but these companies have a huge amount of um, a voice, actually. Don't don't they? Because they bring in a lot of money, they have a lot of employees, so if employees of these companies start cycling and then maybe find the roads aren't quite fit for purpose, uh, then perhaps there's a there's a push from companies to local government to say, what are you doing? Absolutely. I think one of the key drivers of this is not the government, it is the businesses. So we are incentivizing companies so they can give benefits to employees. So in Bangalore, what's happening is there are lots of companies which are coming forward and saying, hey, I didn't know so many of my uh, people are bi- biking now. And now I can see them. They used to be able to see. So Google and Facebook, for example, there are lots of employees in all over the world who already bike. Uh, But quantifying them and making sure they count towards the larger good of the city, how do they compete? A lot of bike-to-work programs are company-specific. And, uh, for example, Company X does a bike-to-work program. The people there do not know how many others are doing this. Uh, they are not aware of how many others yeah, in the cities are doing that. So one of the things is to create that visibility saying that you are not alone. There are right now 183 companies on uh, on that leaderboard and most of them are for Bangalore. But once you scale, you'll see thousands of companies where employees are riding. And it's just that you can now measure the percentage of your employees who are actually coming by bike and the company can give incentives to transform. So this, this kind of a traffic problem is caused by... Uh, the economics of the city, right? You have an economy and there are people traveling to work and back. So the problem can be solved by transforming that. It's a negative externality of that company which can be solved by the company themselves saying that, hey, I'd like you to at least shift 20% or 50% off to the bike. Yeah, and they course, can do that. Yeah? yeah, of course, it's great for the company as well because people who cycle Absolutely. take fewer days sick. And it's, it's a very simple thing. They didn't, they, they weren't making any conscious effort to say how you commute. They provision whatever the employee already does. Yeah. So if an employee buys lots of cars, they go in and encourage more parking slots. So now all they need to do is if a lot of people are coming by bike, you go and put more bike parking. So you just shift the paradigm a little bit and say yeah. how can how can people commute differently and you start providing incentives for that like in Bangalore for example people actually companies give you loans and allowances to buy cars and fill petrol in them what you get an allowance for fuel 
you don't need to do that. Yeah, so you don't need to do that. You could say, when you come in, here's your joining bonus. Take a bike. Or, you know... Give them the money instead. Or, no, give them a bike instead. You can opt out of it, but you can still... And it's, it's less expensive to give them a bike. And probably they will choose their place of residence based on what you give them. It's, it's harder to commute short distances uh, using a cab uh, because it's physically not possible. So if you give them a bike, they'll probably settle down closer within a five-kilometer radius and the built form shapes itself to accommodate that because there are a lot of outstation people. Dublin is like that. There are a lot of immigrants coming in to work, right? you got in, in it's the same in your country as well. Uh, so when they come in, they are new and they are looking to buy a car. So give them a bike instead. They'll live differently and they will commute differently. And then you, you change. From day one when they joined your company, you change their pattern of uh, commute. Yeah. That's incentivization. Fantastic. It's a really interesting idea. In the Netherlands, it's the other way around. So the government really takes care of all the people that work at the government level, you know. So they give them, they incentivize them, they help the companies do it. So the companies became a bit lazy, I think, you know, so they should get out of their chairs and say, hey, I want healthier, happier employees, you know, let's get them, go get them on the bike. But here in Dublin, that's amazing as well, the Dublin uh, cycling campaign, what they do and lots of other uh, people like Satya, you know, they, they just go to the companies and ask them, please help us, you know, we need to get more people on the bike. And they do. They sponsor, they help and they have a great cycling to work campaign here in Dublin. I think that's amazing work, really big. Wow, thank you. Is there anything else you want to say about the Bicycle Mail program or plans for the future? Maybe? Yeah, maybe what would be good to mention is that we also have a junior bicycle mayor. Oh. <laughs> and that, uh, uh, that, that was really good. It was Lotta, and she was uh, announced a year ago. In the Netherlands now, we're going to have the second one uh, on the 4th of July. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and tomorrow morning at 8 30, we're going to have a junior bicycle mayor for Dublin. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is Evie. Yeah, it's so exciting. She's really amazing. And she has a a nice yellow bike, and she wrote a poem about it. So besides from the fact that she'll be inaugurated, she'll uh, share her poem at the lab. Yeah, that's really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of power in, um, in children saying, this is what we want. I think that's amazing, and all the bicycle mares pick picked that up as well so in October uh, yeah we agreed on starting a campaign called All a Cities Fit for Children because we believe that if cities are fit for children they are fit for everyone you know so let's create cities fit for children that is, uh, is what we call out what we call out for so we started that on the uh, on the Children's Day from the United Nations and everybody now is really looking into uh, how to get children on bikes as well and Yeah, Sacha just reached out to me. In the Netherlands, we have this sort of bicycle bus. And he said, you know, we should have that in Bangalore as well. Because, of course, it makes kids more safe on the road as well, you know? Do you know the bicycle bus? So when you have um, a group of children riding together and they're kind of chaperoned front and back. They do pedal. They do pedal. It's a a separate machine. It's not separate bicycles. It's one machine. Yeah, one machine. But then they all have uh, individual pedals. I know. Like you see on the the stag, the Hindus traveling around town, but like like sober and children. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It reminds me a bit of that. But, you know, I think it is great because right now it's really hard also I just heard about an 8 year old girl uh, that was um, killed in traffic here uh, by bicycle and these things are just horrible to me I think we should think about where Amsterdam was 50 years ago and 10,000 people went onto the streets and say stop killing our children yeah. and that's really that was a turning point for our city and hopefully 
many more cities will see that if they invest in making cities fit for children, uh, that would be a really good first step. Yeah. Satya, do you see that um, working in India, in Bangalore? Yes, of course. So we've, we've had a lot of uh, success uh, in getting children to understand and talk to their parents about this because when they... Uh, when they are convinced, they are they have a lot of power in convincing the adults as well. If you tell an adult what to do, they generally don't like it. <laughs> That's true. But if their kids tell them what to do, they will kind of be a little embarrassed and actually do it. So, but nevertheless, it's more important for the kids to understand what is the future they are inhabiting yeah. and how they need to start looking at all the things we have come to gotten used to car as the uh, symbol of development, uh, fuel vehicle as the aspirational goal. These are all things that are in the past. Uh, Global warming is a reality and it's going to hit them. And they need to understand what they are inheriting. And it's important for them to start getting used to it right now. And I think we need to tell them and they are going to be the focus. And it's for them that we are having to do all of these things. It's, It's... what we have done in the past, we have to start undoing now, and they need to realize that they need to step up and not go back to what we have done. Yeah. The more successful we are in doing that, the better it is. Yeah, and, and we're seeing this um, around climate change with uh, children, Greta Thunberg, starting off the school climate strikes and how powerful that is. Totally. Yeah. And I think the same thing for uh, little Lotta, who became the first bicycle mayor, you know, and, and the advantage of what she is doing that. She has actual tools, you know, so she can do something about it. And that's really good. And that's what I see happening all over the globe now as well, that children want to step up, but they also want to change something, you know. And the bicycle is a really good way of changing cities, I think. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much. And um, I look forward to seeing more about the Bicycle Mayor's Programme. Thank you, Laura. Hopefully I'll see you tonight uh, at the inauguration of Donna Cooney, who will be the Bicycle Mayor of Dublin. Yes. And she's going to be the 50th Bicycle Mayor on the globe. So that will be exciting. Yeah. Great. We've just been talking about your different bicycle mares around the world and I thought it was so interesting. I wanted to ask you about them again. So you were telling me about your bicycle mare in Mexico City and your bicycle mare in Istanbul. Um, can you just uh, tell our listeners what you what you're saying about them and the impact that they're having? Yeah, the impact that they're having is grand and I'm so proud of them. So, for example, the Areli Carion, uh, who's the bicycle mayor of, Me- of Mexico City, she's a great change maker and for her the bicycle uh, was the reason sort of to, to feel alive again. She was really at a bad moment in life and she didn't have any money, you know, and then the bicycle, she was given a bicycle and then she started... Um, yeah, to be able, she was able to go to work again, and so for her that was a big, big change maker from, let's say, depression into a new phase of her life, where she really thought this is something that really has a transformative aspect to it, and I really want to dedicate my life uh, to this. Oh wow! So from there she became an advocate. Exactly. Yeah, and she's like a really influential advocate. She's one of the, she's in the top ten uh, on Wikipedia of most influential women of Mexico. Ah. Wow. She is. It's amazing, yeah. Wow. So, and just because of her um, drive, you know, to constantly uh, work on getting more people on bicycles and making more people aware that they should change the rules, you know, that they should make it safer, build roads and stuff like that, it's really amazing. 
And so we have bicycle mayors like in Murat in Istanbul, you know, if he rides, he, he has 10,000 people on bikes. It's just incredible. All the children's programs he does, you know, affecting, impacting like really, really many children's lives. It's wow. really grand. How do you get 10,000 people on a bike ride? How does that work? Yeah, like for him, uh, he has a grand outreach already because he has been working in the uh, he has been working in the cycling field for longer, and he's also a race champion, so he has a good outreach as well. Oh, he's a former racer. Yeah, he's a, he, he was on a racing bike and he won uh, championships as well. So that that's why a lot of people in Turkey know him already, and that's when he thought you know he should start uh, and work with this organization uh, that has this big um, outreach, and I think. What are you? Bikes. Uh, bikes. <laughs> what do you mean? Your, your, your organization, you mean? With no, the big no, no. Yeah, yeah, in total, yes. You know, so tonight we're going to announce uh, the 50th bicycle mayor. And I think uh, also from Satya, you know, the people that we have in the, uh, in the organization right now, the bicycle mayors, the leadership that they show us, you know, it's big. They're impacting the lives of billions, I think. And that's really, really amazing. Yeah. And um, how how is it funded? Do you are these funded kind of roles these yeah. bicycle mayors? So uh, right now the bicycle mayors do this uh, uh, what's it called voluntarily, uh, and our organisation is a social enterprise. So what we do is we are from the Netherlands, and we come up with innovations and programmes in the Netherlands, and we get paid for that by the government to do that. And the profits uh, that we make from that work we reinvest into the bicycle mayor programme. So that's how we do it now. But of course, we need to be funded uh, soon to really get to 50 by 30 to really make change happen, you know. So yes, Satya can come up with an exciting uh, cycle to work program. We can help him build and scale it, you know. But then in the end, of course, we need partners and we need cities to be interested in this, this as well and to really help making the change in uh, as with cities, it's organizations, it's funds, it's like companies. So we need all the help that we can get to really make this happen. And you were saying that um, here in Dublin, you, you have an installation outside of the main conference, which mm-hmm. is open to everyone. Obviously, the conference is a paid event. Um, but you're going to be sticking around after the conference to kind of share some of the knowledge you were saying and then hopefully pass that on within Dublin. Yeah, so we're going to be here from September to end of November at Trinity College uh, in Dublin, working with the professors and the city of Dublin uh, to see, you know, uh, what insights did we get, you know, how can we use them to come up with pilots and innovations for Dublin and how can we change the situation here because Dublin now is the second uh, slowest uh, city in Europe. And I think we should change that by implementing the bicycle. So I think we already make a really good start tonight by starting with a new bicycle mayor in Dublin and tomorrow with a new junior bicycle mayor because the junior, of course, will be impacting the children here in Dublin. And I think, you know, building this bikes lab, which is in this case a temporary facility, uh, really can make a difference where people can come together, they can collect insights, they can talk, they can do presentations. So it's open to all. People don't have to pay a fee or people uh, don't have anyone who wants to can do a talk over there. And then in the end, you know, we'll make this part of something uh, bigger. And uh, we really want to make top-down innovations uh, and make it available for the city to implement yeah. while doing the sort of grassroots bottom up stuff from the communities with mm-hmm. the mayors themselves yeah. yeah, I think we're connected to that and I think 
what we are good at is sort of giving them tools like, uh, like uh, um, the Bicycle Architecture Biennale, which give inspiration, or the leadership, which is the Bicycle Mayor Network, or, you know, we have uh, lots of other things, by uh, bikes to work, uh, we have the lab where they can then come start meet people, and we also have uh, interesting campaigns and stuff. You know, but in the end, it's like uh, it's an idea where we can start this big movement around cycling with uh, these change makers and all these ideas and also the tools to really uh, yeah, make it happen and get the cars out and the bicycles in. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to today's guests, Adam Trenter, Maud de Vries and Satya Sankaran. And thanks also to Laura Laker for allowing me to run that audio, which she recorded for our podcast, Virtual Velo City, all episodes of which can be found online for free thanks to sponsorship from the Dutch Cycling Embassy. OK, so this show is like those proverbial buses. You wait ages for one and then three come along at once. The next episode of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast will actually be published on our more normal schedule. And... Unless there's something else breaking in the meantime, it will be an interview with South African cycling activist and academic Joku Morgan. Meanwhile, get out there and ride. Ride.